gentlemen welcome to episode three of wrestling themes of our years the place where we like to try and get inside the mind of wrestling fans to find out what makes them tick in the world of wrestling music and today i am joined by matt ridder of the smacking it raw podcast matt welcome hey how's it going guys i'm happy to be here um i got to listen to you uh over on apron bump kind of like you got to listen to me over there and absolutely really excited when you hit me up and said you wanted me to come on and this is a really cool idea so i'm stoked to get into this that's it what, what better thing to talk about than wrestling music that's that's the one one of the things that i always think about because you can talk about the good stuff in wrestling you can talk about the bad stuff in wrestling but when it comes to wrestling music everyone's got their own different palette mm-hmm. and absolutely. what what one person likes that another person might think could be atrocious where when it comes into like wrestling promotions or wrestling events 99% of the people they generally have especially wrestling fans they generally swing towards the same sort of direction but I think when it comes to music because everyone's got their own different music tastes as well I think the wrestling music tastes I think they kind of decide what they like uh, sorry their own music tastes that sometimes sways their decision in what they like when it comes to wrestling music I also like that when you and I talked, you opened it up and said it's not necessarily just wrestlers themes. It could be raw themes. It could be pay-per-view themes, whatever. So I've definitely mixed it up a little bit in here for my top five. Um, Like I said, I uh, told you right before we started recording, I listened to Frank's episode. Frank, great guy, always been good to me. I had the pleasure of having him on my show. So um, between him and Fowl, you are now the third person from across the pond that I've actually got to work with. So this is this is really cool. I like doing work with people that aren't here in America and getting to talk to you guys and making this work out. So, uh, yeah, I definitely had to mix my list up a little bit because Frank Frank took a good one from me. So, <laughs> so before we get into the list, um, the question I like to ask everybody: um, when it comes to you, when it comes to Matt Ridder of the Smacking It Raw podcast, what makes a good piece of wrestling music? Um, I have to I have to agree with what you guys talked about last time. I prefer something with lyrics that I can put on in the car and I can sing to. But uh, as the Smack and Raw podcast is the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub, I like something that... I, I fucking love that, by the way. Absolutely. Do you know, if my missus went through my phone earlier, she'd be like, oh, <laughs> I'm Pornhub for. I'm like, I am. I'm, it's two guys talking wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think it's brilliant. What a platform. What a platform to use to advertise your product. I think it's fucking bravo, sir. Honestly, bravo. It, it came up as a joke for anyone that's listening who doesn't know. Um, I had seen that some people were posting like video game stuff on there, uh, like video game playalongs. And I told Travis, my co-host uh, and producer at the time, I was like, hey, why don't we just put this up on Pornhub and see what happens? I'm like, no one else is on there. We can brand ourselves as the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub because we're the only one on there. And he's like, yeah. And then he put all of our content up there. So everything <laughs> from Creation World went up there. So it was great. But I like something that after I take a shower, 
I can play. It'll get me ready. I'm ready to kick in the bedroom door, go in there and take it to the missus. Yeah. Something that gets me pumped up. So that's what does it for me. Absolutely. So let's get on with your five then. So what we're doing going a different way this time. Usually on episodes one and two, uh, obviously we had Mike, who I co-host with the Iera, and we had the wonderful Frank from the Last Minute Wrestling Pod- Podcast. They both provided me with their lists. Now, Matt did provide me with a list um, last week that get, kept growing and growing and growing. Dude, it's so, <laughs> so hard like, to just pick so five. Like, I was like, man, are you sure you got to do five? I was like, look, well, let's try and get to five. So he's gone away and he's, he's kept these five to himself. So number five, number, hit me with it. Number five is Blood in the Water from NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. <sighs> and Great theme. This is why I picked Blood in the Water. The first time I'd ever heard this song was for that, and I immediately went out and downloaded this song. And if just from that takeover, hearing that could make me download a song that I have listened to repeatedly since then, like it hooked me from the get-go. The opening package was fantastic, but if they can get me to go pay money to get a song that I've never heard before from a band I've never listened to before, it's got to be good. Like <laughs> That's money there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So... No, it's a great track. It is a great track. Um, I think it's very, um, it's one of them where it's very a modern day WWE, especially NXT yes. pay-per-view track because Triple H, I feel like uh, since he's gone, took over, uh, took uh, ran with NXT and turned it into the, the product it is today. Um, I think it, because obviously him being a, quite a metal fan himself, um, he's tapping more into that market now. Of, because if you think back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, every pay-per-view had a very distinctive theme and a lot of them had um, kind of popular culture of your metal bands, your rock bands. Um, and, and it's something I think that Triple H is trying to slowly bring back in, where obviously Vince has now gone the whole different fucking way with fucking all the, the, the bad bunnies of the world and, and, and your people along them lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they've changed it, like you had so many, again, I gave you a long list and a couple of those were from NXT. Those would be honorable mentions for me. Guys like Aleister Black and Tommaso Ciampa, who mm. I actually have set as uh, my my wake-up ringtone. So no one will survive plays and that's what wakes me up <laughs> in the morning when my uh, alarm goes off. Great themes. But this, like I said, they got me to go spend money. And I know Poppy that's is kind of like the icon. Now it's Triple H's NXT like go-to and everything. But for me, this song... It was it, and it was one of the coolest video packages. And even my wife, who had heard the song before, she she perked up and looked over like, hey, what's going on? What are you watching <laughs> over there? So, Because she watches Raw and SmackDown. She doesn't watch NXT uh, regularly. She watches Takeovers with me. But that definitely got her attention, too. So that's my number five. I've got a very similar story there. My message, she doesn't watch wrestling at all, at all, especially when we first got together. Um, but I was watch- watching Monday Night Raw. And a certain little uh, little cruiserweight, if, it's, if you call him that, come out with his seven foot tall pal. Uh, my name is Enzo Amore. <laughs> uh, and he's rapping away. And my missus, uh, we, we had an open planned house at the time, and she's in the kitchen. And I can hear her going, My name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified G. And I'm like, and she, tu- and she turns around and I goes, Are you enjoying that? She went, Oh, they're, they're good, them. They're good, them. So when, uh, when uh, WWE came to Leeds, we decided to go to the to the uh, the event. Enzo Amore and Big Cass were there. My missus bought an Enzo Amore shirt, mm-hmm. which obviously then couldn't be worn for a long period of time. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, <laughs> same thing with my wife. So I got her into watching wrestling by uh, we were watching Total Divas, and that's kind of how okay. she got okay. she got interested in watching wrestling because she was watching these women and seeing what was going on. 
and uh, I would throw on NXT, and she wouldn't really pay attention. But again, when Enzo and Big Cass came on, and Enzo started going, <laughs> she'd come sit down. She goes, "I really like these guys. They're super entertaining." So that's the thing, and I, I've kind of always said that with with especially WWE. I want I want to kind of wrestling as a whole, but WWE as a whole, um, if you you sometimes don't have to be. Uh, the, not even the best wrestler you could be the worst wrestler in the world but if you find something that fucking it makes Vince laugh mm -hmm. and that's where it comes down to if you make Vince laugh and run with it and if I think if it wasn't for his, back, his bad attitude backstage and all the stuff you read about Enzo and Big Cass that is something they could have ran with that shtick and that gimmick for fucking years yeah so it was the same I always, I always look at it like Road Dogg and Billy Gunn not the greatest of wrestlers, but the New Age Outlaws, when Road Dogg did that entrance that was money and that he ran with that for fucking years forever Absolutely. So that was number five then. What is number four? As I lay me down to sleep, lay me down, I pray my soul is mine to keep my soul and never step outside this bed, never into all the Undertaker is my favorite wrestler, and obviously he's had a lot of themes over the years, but I think my favorite Undertaker theme, and a lot of people might not agree with this. Fingers crossed for ministry. Fingers crossed for ministry. It's not the ministry. No, I <laughs> think that. I, I'm sorry. Um, I'm actually going with Kid Rock's American Badass from when he returned oh, in mate. Judgment Day 2000, yes. and here's why. Again, huge Undertaker fan, huge horror movie fan. So at Judgment Day, you had the little girls, like from Friday the 13th, singing the song. And then you get the twisted brown tr 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 trucker. And it was the American badass Undertaker. So I know everyone prefers Roland because, you know, he came out on the motorcycle and everything. But this was the American badass. And I was probably, I'm 34 now. So I was probably about 12, 13 at the time. Uh, yeah, right there in 2000. So, like, I just hit puberty. This song comes out. I'm in America. American badass. This is awesome. America. Absolutely. Yeah, you know. <laughs> the guy comes back. I missed The Undertaker when he came back and all this stuff happened. It really resonated with me. And I, I love the song. I love that moment in time. And that's one of those things is it's it's a moment. The Undertaker's return, the everything about that theme song fit that character, who he was. Again, Limp Bizkit's rolling is great, but for my money, you're going to give me Kid Rock, American Badass over rolling any day. What more can I say? I agree with... 100% of what you've just said then. I'm 35, so we're exactly the same age uh, when it comes to this. Um, I was the same. We'd, the Undertaker had been gone for a while. Uh, you've got DX in the ring. They're beating up The Rock. 
And then the music hits, like I said, you've got the girls singing Ring of Ring of Roses, it's all creepy. And then, like you said, he's here. And then Undertaker comes out on the bike, and then instantly it was like, what? Uh, fucking Undertaker, what about what? And then just, then that was it. Then you got the, the episode after on SmackDown, he comes out to the theme music. And yeah, for me, I'm exactly the same. For me, the Undertaker, American Badass Undertaker is American Badass theme tune. Mm-hmm. He's not rolling. That's why he's, he's not called Rolling Undertaker. He's exactly. called American Badass Undertaker for that fucking ex- exact specific reason. Exactly. I'm with you, with you 100%. 100%. Even though I didn't mind uh, his later version uh, when he had the dead man walking. Yeah, You've no, that was done good too. It now. Mm-hmm. Yep, no, that was <laughs> he's good always too. Had, he has had a good set of theme tunes, but for me personally, when it comes to Taker, that ministry theme tune back in 99, oh, that gives me tingles right now thinking about it. What a theme that was. But that's a different man. It's a different man, yeah. isn't it? He was a dead guy. This is a biker guy. It's a different, different guy. man. Also, honorable mention, because he didn't actually use it, but uh, Ruthless Aggression, the rap album. that Or not Ruthless. Yeah, Ruthless mm. Aggression, the rap album that they dropped. Uh, the Undertaker theme on there is really good, too. Yes. Yes. Very good, too. Very good. There's, there's a couple of bangers on there. Uh, there's a couple of horrific ones. I mean, oh, Booker yeah. T's rap, Booker T's rap that he does is not the strongest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's a couple of couple of dodgy ones. That's for sure. All right. So that was number four. Then hit me up with number three. you guys kind of talked about in your last episode and that's going to be disturbed step up uh for stone cold steve austin again i love the glass shatter i love the music but i like something with lyrics so when you get the step up if you're the next one that i'm about to kill and i've argued with kyle from apron bump he said that there was a theme that i don't remember from austin in there when i I've and also I, had this argument mm-hmm. and there is no such fucking theme yep. i'm not having it don't exist he's, he's made it up in his head I, I, I agree 100%. Um, no, this, this Disturbed Austin theme, again, Disturbed, I'm from Chicago. They're a Chicago band. Um, so that was part of it. But also, Stone Cold, probably number two on my top five, right behind Undertaker. Someone that really got me into wrestling. To have a theme that I could sit down and sing. And again, it's one that gets you excited and pumped up. Like, I put that on again. I could kick in the bedroom door. The wife knows what's up. I'm ready to go. Like it gets that Step energy. Up and boom, yep. dog goes. So, give her a stunner, lay her down, do my thing. So, so going back to the 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 new child that you have, what was the track that was the music piece that was used in that uh, conception of the child? Uh, that would have been "Pony" by Genuine. <laughs> We want to tell uh, tell the child when when he turns uh, he or she, is it he or she? It's I want, a she. I I want, uh, it's a she. I wanted to say it, but I thought that was horrific. No. <laughs> uh, her name is Zoe. It's a she. Congratulations, congratulations. 
Um, I, can't, I bet she can't wait to hear what music she was conceived Oh, to. I can't wait till my <laughs> wife listens back to this and slaps me for saying that. <laughs> She'll actually say, no, it wasn't. You know, it was sucking yeah. Barry White. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but um, I have to agree with you there. It's, it was, I always say, if you're going to turn heel, uh, or if, if you're a heel that's turning face, I feel like you need to do something to make people instantly realize that you're not that same person anymore. And I think when Stone Cold, when he turned heel, um, it just the 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 theme tune hit with uh, fit perfectly with. It's a different person now. It's a different character. Mm-hmm. Like I always find Chris Jericho used to do that, but in his ring gear. Where Chris Jericho, if he was uh, if he was switching from face to heel, you'd know that because he'd either cut his hair or he'd change from pants to to long pants or, or long pants to short pants or whatever. But I think with Austin, I think it just it was a sign of the times as well. It was two thousand and one. Pop culture was definitely turning more into that um, edgier sort of the, the the rock pop rock sort of style of music, uh, and yeah, for me, I just thought it yeah, it was brilliant, it perfect, and it it summed up the like I said the, the character change that Stone Cold had gone through. And he also colored his uh, knee braces to symbolize his heel change too. So you had them red you, red knee braces. Yeah, yep, you got those red <laughs> knee braces. So you know, it, dude, it's a banger of a track. It's on Forcible Entry, which is you know the same album that's got uh, Our Lady pieces, whatever from um, Benoit, and a lot of other really good themes too. So yes, absolutely. There has been some absolutely talking albums. This bit like I always you'll you'll probably remember as me about when we were kids when WWE the music and then Music mm-hmm. Volume One, Volume Two, and then, and then obviously you had the Forcible Entry. They released the uh, the anthology which was like the eight CD mega di- mega compilation. Um, mm-hmm. And now, like obviously, we've got on Spotify, they've got all the un- Unchained albums where you just get random theme tunes that you forget ever existed thrown on there. Uh, it's a, it's a gr- great place to get lost in just random WWE theme tunes. I literally have a playlist that's just WWE themes that if I'm going to like, <laughs> a sh- if I'm going to Raw or if I'm going to a pay-per-view or something here in Chicago, I will pop that on on my drive there and on the way back. To get me ready for Stay the show. Stay hyped for it. <laughs> so. That's it. That's it. Right, so that is three of them. We have two left. Hit me up with number two. Yeah. Three C's, my fiat. Yeah. Whoa. Hey. Yeah. Whoa. Say what? Hey. Whoa. Three C's, my fiat. Yeah. Hey. It's going down. Hey. Whoa. Y'all know what time it is. Hey. We ain't playing with you. Hey. In the club. Hey. In the street. heavy in wrestling as far as theme music goes just about everything's rock but i'm also a rap fan so i went with mark henry um from three six mafia somebody's gonna get your ass kicked love mark henry loved this theme song love three six mafia i mean they've got some great songs and to have grammy award-winning artist three six mafia do mark henry's theme song 
and to have this love, hate, love, hate, somebody's going to like absolutely love that theme song. It fit him perfectly, especially when we went into the Hall of Pain and he's coming out like it made Mark Henry way more badass. And it was a huge transition from, you know, the as you kind of said, the Barry White Marvin Gaye version of sexual Mm. chocolate that we got uh, when we had that. So this was, again, how he transitioned, how he went from being this kind of comedy sexual character which I, i'm sure a lot of people thought oh number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub, it's all gonna be val venus and mark henry's sexual chocolate but no i'm i'm going with the three six mafia track because again another one that just really gets me pumped up and uh i don't think mark henry's i don't think that gets a lot of love and i think it should because it is a great track yeah i think it's definitely one i think that goes under the radar that's for sure um like i always that track always makes me remember the uh, night after wrestlemania where the fans are going wild mm-hmm. and you've got Mark Emery coming out and they're singing it word for word. You've got an entire arena singing that track. Uh, and it's like, it's one of them where, like you said, it goes under the radar. But again, the minute somebody brings it up, everybody knows it. Everybody could say it word for word. Uh, and like I said, going back to very similar with Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, like you just said, hit the nail on the head. Um, it's that transition. He's gone from the goofiness of sexual chocolate to now being this serious badass because sexual chocolate was never going to win him a world title, that gimmick. Uh, but the Hall of Pain gimmick, mm-hmm. and with the music to back it up as well, it's fantastic, and it was brilliant. Um, I, Mark Emery, under that gimmick, I was, the, the retirement speech, it's an iconic moment. I got this, Mark Emery's probably had his best ever moments with that theme tune, uh, and with that gimmick. Uh, because, I said it just, yep. it, like you said, it made him stand out, and it made him serious. Somebody's going to get their ass kicked as one of the opening lines. Straight away, I think, oh, well, this guy's not come out just to play, has he? He's come out for a serious bit of business. And then you think of all the like the feats of strength they had him do where he's like pulling the bus and pulling the airplane and all this stuff. And you think, okay, if I was to put on headphones and I was going to go work out or I was going to do something, that song is going to be on the playlist. That's going to get me pumped up. That's going to help me, you know, get that strength, that inner strength to pull this plane or pull this bus or flip this shit. Like it, it has that feeling about it. So him being the world's strongest man and doing this shit, like, Absolutely. I think that was the thing with the gimmick, wasn't it, with Mark Henry, where he was always been the world's strongest man, but they never like showed you why you were the world's strongest man. And it was only until the Hall of Pain mm-hmm. years where it was like, ah, so he actually can back it up. He's not just saying it. He can actually lift a bus and mm-hmm. he can he can suplex the big show and shit like that. He's, he's brilliant. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of, for me, Mark Henry is a, is a wrestler that always goes under the radar when you talk about like wrestling's best big men. It'll always be the big show and people are yep. all come into consideration. Mark Henry never comes into consideration. I think because of all the bullshit he had to put up with for the first, like when he signed for WWE in 96, they, they give him like a 25 year contract uh, because mm-hmm. it was like a major star out of the Olympics. But it was probably only the last five years out of that 25 year contract that they ever actually did anything with him worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, up until Hall of Pain, his biggest moment that everyone remembers is Mae Young giving birth to a hand and him exactly. having that relation with a. 80 year old woman, you know, exactly. like I always remember the edible undies segment because uh, back in the, back in this day, uh, I was living with my dad and uh, my dad used to watch wrestling back in the day, world of sport and stuff like that. Modern day WWE were a bit fucking stupid. That's where I used to see it. Um, which, yeah, I agree. hundred percent. It still is now. If you're not seeing Randy Orton's face that got burnt and then a week later, he's fine. Cause it's wrestling. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, so, um, Sat watching Raw, Friday night, 9 o'clock, sat watching Raw. I'm only 14, 13, 14. And you've got Mark Henry, May Young in a bed. And May Young goes, oh, what are they? edible undies. And my dad just turned and he went, 
what are you watching? And I went, raw, dad, raw. <laughs> so real quick, May Young story. Uh, I had a cousin who was a few years older than me and uh, he would always rent the pay-per-views. So when I first really started getting into wrestling, we would I would go over to his house and I would hang out with him. And uh, you remember when May Young got topless on a pay-per-view? Yes. Yeah. That Royal Rumble 2000. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. That was the one time my mom actually came in to see what was going on. I didn't think she was ever going to let me come. She's like, what the hell is like? She dragged me out of the room. She's like, what are you? Why is this old lady naked on TV? What do you guys watch? I, I really didn't think she was going to let me come back and watch pay-per-views like that. Who that that did not go well. Well, when that happened um, at the time over in England, we were getting pay-per-views on uh, like free-to-air television, uh, but they were showing it on an hour time delay. So when Mae Young starts stripping off and she gets the puppies out, you get a big red X that comes across the screen uh, and it says censored. But the, the problem was, the closer that Mae Young got to the screen, the red X didn't move, it didn't get any bigger. So... So the bottom of the prosthetics would <laughs> be dangling below where this X was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> be like, hmm. <laughs> and there's a reason why, like Channel 4, who was one of the free-to-air channels, there was a reason why they pulled out of sheer... Do you know, keep it. We don't really want that stuff anymore. Yeah. You're all right. Yep, May Young killed that for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we're here then. We've had four. What is number one? What is the number one track? In the Matt Ritter house. Number one track in the Matt Ritter house is the theme for Monday Night Raw across the nation by Union Underground. Now get the guns, the drugs, from my generation, I'll take the fall, the state, and across the nation, and it's a state, the guns, the beast, the fraud, the messing with me. Absolutely love this band. This is my favorite Raw theme. Um, I think at the same time you had Marilyn Manson over on SmackDown doing Beautiful People. I might take this over that. I I mean, I do. This is number one. So I'm taking this over that as well. But that time, those two themes, one on Raw, one on SmackDown, it brings back so many memories. It has, it again, it was a song that got you really, really hyped for Monday Night Raw. Like, I don't feel that today with Raw's theme or SmackDown's theme where that intro comes in and you're like, all right, it's fucking Raw, let's go. But across the nation, that starts playing, all right, Monday Night Raw. I don't even care what's on tonight. I'm ready to watch some fucking wrestling. Like, <laughs> it got me going. Um, I actually became a fan of the band, went and listened to a lot of their music after hearing this track. Um, so they turned me on to Union Underground as a band. South Texas Death Ride by them is one of my favorite songs. Great track. Um so yeah, no, this this is number one for me because you can pick a wrestler and wrestlers come and go, but Monday Night Raw has been around forever. So I'm going to pick the best theme for me from the longest running show in professional wrestling history. 
and it's got to be across the nation. It is a fantastic track. Uh, and I think going back to what you said about um, when they had Across the Nation was on Raw and you had Marilyn Manson, Beautiful People on SmackDown, um, yeah, they were relatable tracks. If you heard that track, you thought Raw, you thought SmackDown. Like, go back. I, I, I also, for me, Across the Nation was the first Raw theme I could ever sing because I ever knew the words mm-hmm. to because you got the, the Raw theme before that. No, I don't think no one ever knew what the words actually no. were. No. They were just a lot of noise put together. But again, it was so relatable. You heard that and you instantly knew that Monday Night Raw of the Attitude Era, where, where we're now coming into a new era. We're into the Ruthless Aggression Era. It's a brand new time for WWE. They need brand new themes. And they couldn't, they couldn't pick two better ones, especially with the Raw theme. It's a great track, great track. And again, going back to what you said about in modern day, um, I think because A, they switch up the themes all the time. I feel like I can't tell you what Raw and SmackDown's current themes are. And even if I start to learn them, in three months' time, there'll be something else. Because oh, yeah. we'll get some more rebranding. They're constantly loving rebranding. Like, it's got to be a new video package. Every couple of weeks, something new. Or we've got a new visual, a new graphic. Where back in, like, 2002, 3, 4, was probably used up to, what, 2007? Was it across mm-hmm. the nation? Something along those yeah. lines? It had a long run. Probably the one of the longest runs of all of uh, Raw themes, that's for sure. Yeah, because it's a fucking banger. And, like, you, we just got a new intro for WWE for WrestleMania. That is now our new intro. And that intro was only, what, a year, maybe two years old? Like, we just got it. And, oh, change it again. Like... Yeah, you can't get used to anything. No. Well, commentary teams, to, to, to just hit on, on, on current topics, current commentary teams currently, like... I'm sure it wasn't long ago that they switched up Raw and put Samoa Joe there and Byron Saxton there. And then all of a sudden now, we've got rid of them and we've got what I like to call... <laughs> my mate said, you can't say that, because I can. It's like the Asian Mike Adamley. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm getting Mike Adamley vibes. Apart from, I feel like he knows... Is it Ardnan Verk or yes. something like that they call him? Uh, yeah, I feel like he knows his wrestling, which isn't a bad thing. Right. Do you know what I mean? He, he's a fan. He knows moves. But I don't know. I just something about it. He's giving me Mike Adamley vibes, and I, I worry for See, him. See, now I... I worry for his future. I heard something different. I heard Shane McMahon vibes. If you close your eyes and you listen to him talk, I heard Shane McMahon. I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, this sounds just like Shane. Like, if you throw a... Uh, a wham in there because you know how Shane likes to do. Yeah. yeah, he throws a couple of those. Wham- it's fucking Shane. Like he sounds just like Shane. It was really weird to me. I'm gonna have to go back. I'm gonna have to go back and close my eyes yeah. and uh, and listen to him again. But yeah, for me, I, I'm on the fence. I, I think is I don't like change. I I'm, I still want Jr. and the King. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I want Colin and I want I want Colin Taz on SmackDown. Yeah. <laughs> like why can't we just have that? <laughs> why do we have to change? Um, why does now Jim Ross have to be a bumbling old man on AEW? <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, I would also take Jim Ross and Paul Heyman uh, or Joey Styles. I love Joey Styles commentary too. Yes, the Jim Ross and Paul Heyman combination during um, the Invasion Angle. Uh, during that WrestleMania 17 around that time. They were the commentary on WrestleMania 17 was fantastic. And that that's one track that I want to bring up. I know it's not on the top five. Fuck it. We're making it a top six. I'm throwing one in there. It was on your list that you sent me to begin with. My yes. way. What a track. Yes. Oh my God. That is for me, that is the song of my wrestling childhood. So I always like to joke around because it, it wasn't until actually WrestleMania 19, but uh at one point, WWE said Limp Biscuit is WWE's favorite band. And if you go yes. back and you look, yeah. My Way for WrestleMania 17, which has got to be the most iconic WrestleMania entrance package theme. You've got The Rock yeah. and Austin. 
you've got this song, but then you've also got Crack Addict from WrestleMania 19. You've got, um, as we talked about, uh, Roland for like WWE loved yeah. fucking Limp Biscuit. Like they absolutely did. They used them for everything. But no, of all of the Limp Biscuit tracks, American Badass works for my favorite wrestler, but My Way has got to be their most iconic WWE uh, collaboration. And that's why I originally did have it on my list. But if I've got to choose between my favorite wrestler and my favorite Limp Biscuit song, I'm picking my favorite wrestler. So, absolutely, absolutely. This ain't certainly no Limp Biscuit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that has been a fantastic five. Yet again, uh, I've not. I'm waiting for someone to come on and give me a track. Where I'm like, that's trash. <laughs> but so far, with three episodes in, anything could happen. But that has been a wonderful insight. Not just into uh, your mind, but also it's lovely to certain songs. They make me feel all nostalgic. And I'm going to leave this now, and I'm going to go and watch WrestleMania 17. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> but, Matt, that has been wonderful. Thank you very much. Um, and if you want to let them know, if they don't already, where, where they can find the Smack It Raw podcast and what it is. All right. I guess it's got to do with Smacking Raw. But who knows? <sighs> All right, let me do this. Uh, you guys can find the Smack and Raw podcast uh, on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Smack and Raw. If you guys go there, we have a group where we do weekly discussions for Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and pay-per-views, as well as a bunch of other stuff. It's a very laid-back, chill place to go on Facebook, where Twitter and everywhere else, you get a lot of toxicity. I personally, along with two very close friends, run and get all of those kind of people out of that group. So anytime somebody's trying to start shit or just trolling we 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 kick them out we we keep it very relaxed but uh you can follow me on twitter at matt ritter that's at m-a-t-t-r-i-d-d-e-r not matt riddle matt ritter uh <laughs> hashtag ritter over riddle um there you guys will get the link tree so the link tree will take you for the audio linktree.com slash smack and a raw you can find our audio for our podcast anywhere you want we just dropped episode 191 um on friday and then the video will be Linktree slash Creation World, and there you guys can find us on YouTube and on Pornhub because we are the number one wrestling podcast on Pornhub. And if you want to know why, I, I, I told you, you know, it started out as a joke, but also we like to mix our sexual humor and jokes and everything in with our wrestling. And we also do talk a little bit about porn. Like we have a few skits there where we just kind of talk about porn stars and stuff we found on Pornhub and we give each other shit about it. So if that is your thing, if that's something you find entertaining, please go check us out. I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. Wonderful. I'm, I'm going to, off to Pornhub now. Sorry, love. Don't be checking in today. <laughs> the fact that people that actually subscribe it. to our Pornhub kind of makes me the happiest ever because, again, it literally that's started amazing. out as a joke. That's, so That is amazing. The fact that people actually went there and said, oh, this is kind of cool and I want to do this, I want to check this out, like that, that really makes me happy. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Like I said, it's the, the, it's certainly an open platform, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. There's nowhere WWE copyright restrictions on Pornhub, I imagine. No, no, there's not. <laughs> on that note, I will thank you once again for coming on. It's been a blast. And we'll have to, like I say to everyone, we'll have to get you back on further down the line and let's talk about the worst five. The sort of theme tunes that once you play, you have to ah, fuck that shit and turn that straight off. Absolutely. But on that note, I have been Dave from the RE Era podcast. As always, you can find us everywhere podcasts are available. This has been Wrestling Themes of Our Years. Until next time, look after yourself, everybody.